I'm a big deal. Yo, when's the last time you told yourself that you're a big deal? Listen, I am feeling lit this evening. I'm very tired, but I'm here and I'm present and I'm lit because I am a big deal. I love this song. I was going to play the Cheetah's Prayer, which I will play at some point during this conversation. But we're back. It's your girl, Coach T. And I'm a real ass woman. I love to see that there's a lot of the real ass women in the building. Big up yourself. Big up your chest. Um, Shanice, you want to come up or was that an accident? We are back speaking about relationships today. We are speaking about relationships being therapy. Ooh. Um, so we've been chopping up with this conversation in Shake the Room for the last, and maybe it's about four or five weeks. We've spoke about so many different angles of relationships. We spoke about marriage. We've spoke about um, are men comfortable with women earning more than them? We spoke about how you see yourself in a relationship. We've spoke about um, how men view women in relationships, how women view men in relationships. And I'm going to be honest with you guys at this point in this conversation. So it's been a request for me to speak about, um, uh, I hope no one's offended because listen, I don't know the correct terms because I don't, I don't dive into what I don't want to know about, right? But same sex relationships, that's what I'm going to put it down to. I don't know what they're called these days. Um, and I had to deny that I was going to speak on it. And the reason why I said I'm not going to speak on that is because I'm not in a position or place in my life where I have enough awareness to speak on it and feel like I'm going to give a fair picture. I feel that my views would be very judgmental um, and I'm going to just keep it for 100. That's, that's me. Um, however, if anybody would like to come to this stage and offer you know, conversation around that in terms of relationships, then I feel that it would be an, an enlightening conversation. But it's not my bag, you know. Um, I don't, it's not something I encourage. It's not something that I necessarily agree with. So I'm not going to speak on it. However, that doesn't mean that we can't speak on it. It doesn't mean that it's not open for conversation. I recognise that the world is changing and a lot of things are acceptable that maybe were not acceptable before, right? And the position that I sit in and the place that I sit with and my core beliefs and what I believe to be right and wrong and what I understand about the yin and the yang, about masculine and feminine, about creation, about reproductivity, there's a lot that happens in certain relationships that I can't vibe with. Um, literally just because scientifically, spiritually doesn't make sense to me. However, I'm also aware that love is love, right? Love is love and we can love anyone, right? We Love is love. I, I believe that love doesn't have a face. I believe that love is a vibration, it's an energy, it's a feeling. And I was thinking about an acronym for love. And I remember one that I put out in about 2016. And it says living of value, living of values. Oh, God, I've forgotten the E. But it is basically about living out your values. And when you recognize that as love, when you recognize that it's basically living your value systems out loud, when you recognize that it is living your truth out live, that's all that love is. 
So then you're always able to sit with your truth. In certain relationships, I believe that we're not living our truth. We're not. We're disguising our truth within a relationship or we're masking our truth and hoping that the relationship won't see it. But this is why I'm speaking on relationships being therapy, because I think that there's a lot of blousé views about therapy, period. So I feel like people think that we require therapy when something is wrong or we require therapy when, oh, we're going through a problem or a circumstance. But what if therapy can help you every single day of your life? And what if it already is because of the relationships that you're having? What do I mean by that? When we look at what therapy is, it actually helps you handle or become aware of your thoughts, emotions and behaviours. That's what therapy does. What do we think therapy is? We think that it's just where we go and we talk about our problems and we get help. <laughs> and really, in a nutshell, yes, you do. But when you look at it as building awareness of your thoughts, emotions and behaviours, yo, what's better therapy than a relationship? Because if you don't know, I coach a lot of women and I've been coaching a lot of women for a good amount of years now. And I've just started to step into coaching men. And when I say just stepped into coaching men, I'm talking professionally. I've been coaching men unprofessionally for a very long time um, because I have a lot of male friends and we just chop up, we just vibe, we just understand each other and we just continue to help each other elevate and grow. So I have a, a dot circle of female friends, but I've got a lot of male friends. And it's always been because for me personally, I vibe with that energy of the yin and the yang. I vibe with that energy of the opposites attract each other. And I wanna learn. I feel that I've got loads of women above me, loads of women around me, loads of women beside me, loads of women coming up underneath me. So I've got so many different ways to learn about myself as a woman. But when I had sons and not just one, but two, I was like, yo, I've got to learn about men too. Before I really wasn't interested. And so I started to learn through conversations. I started to engage in conversations that would teach me. And I recognized that by opening up myself, by being vulnerable to a man, by recognizing that, you know, sometimes when you take away sex, so you've just got friends, you're able to be. Sometimes when we have sex in a relationship, it absolutely conceals so much. It conceals so much. And we live in a culture where we're super addicted to things. We're addicted to something that feels good. We're addicted to being nurtured. We're addicted to feeling good. We're addicted to getting attention. We're addicted to being validated. And we don't even recognize how much of us are masking up that with sex. And so you get around a person, you recognize, yo, there's chemistry, but what about the biology? What about the physics? I used to have a quote and it said something like, we tripped on the chemistry, but we forgot all of the other subjects. The chemistry is not gonna be the only thing that keeps the relationship alive in any relationship. But when we're talking about an intimate relationship, that chemistry of sex, yo, it can blind you. But when you're willing to step beyond that and you're willing to recognize that, wow, 
relationships are actually therapy because they allow you to see yourself differently if you choose. In coaching all of these women, a lot of women choose, you know what, in this section or season of my life, I'm going to be single because I didn't know I didn't love me or I don't know what I want or I don't know what life has to offer to me. So I'm going to work on me. I'm going to put me first for the first time in my life because so much of them have not put themselves first. So much of them didn't know they had to love themselves. So much of them didn't recognize the importance of having a relationship with self first. So it's great. They choose to stand in their power and work on them. And they think they're doing great. And maybe they are. Until a relationship comes along. And now you've got to see yourself differently. Now all of that work that you've done has been put to the test. And many people crumble. Many people fall. Because they don't recognise it as therapy. They see it as an obstacle, they see it as a problem, they see it as contrast and conflict. And at this point, because I've got myself so together, my relationship should be perfect. Because we fail to recognize the mirror. We fail to recognize the perspective. We fail to look in the mirror of relationships and say, yo, how are they really actually healing me? How are they teaching me about my thoughts, my emotions and my behaviors? And notice what I said, how are they teaching me about my thoughts, my behaviors, my emotions? Because when you go to therapy, that's what it's about. It's about you. But you see what a relationship does to us sometimes is it makes us look outside of us and be like, well, yeah, they did that. So that means they're this. And they acted like that. So that means that they're that. And they continue to do that. So that means that they're there. But you know me, I'm good. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, that's not the case. I'm going to need you to check you. I'm going to need you to look inside of you and say like, okay, whoa, what is this relationship actually teaching me? How can this relationship heal me? How can this relationship give me more awareness or build me up? And I just want to ask anybody in the room at this point, have any of you been in a relationship where you feel like, nah, seriously, that has been therapy? And it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. It might be a friendship. It might be a student-teacher relationship, you know? It might be a mother-daughter relationship. It might be a father-son relationship. I recognize that by having children, the relationship of becoming a mother healed so much of me and it continues to. I didn't even know certain things about myself until I saw them in my children. And then I could pinpoint it, then I could recognize it. And then I was like, oh shit, son, that's what I do. So this is why I wanna like kind of drop this little nugget into some of your systems that maybe some of the most difficult relationships that you're facing or some of the most beautiful, like, yo, have you ever been in a beautiful relationship that you're seriously like, ah, the notes are probably a lot higher than that because it's at that level of zen but you literally are at peace because that relationship has allowed you to look in the mirror and just be healed look in the mirror and fall in love with what you see 
look in the mirror and maybe not love what you see at all to the point where it allows you to come to a place of love. Has anybody in the room experienced a level of therapy through any relationship? This is your point to put up your hand and don't be shy because we can um, chop up about it. And sometimes hearing other people's perspectives, it really allows you to find that place in you. Oh, we got somebody coming up. Feel free to come up guys, it's a conversation and I will drop my tips. Grand evening, Miss Daniela, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm great, Queen, tell us. So I wouldn't say it's one specific relationship, um, but rather a group. Love that. Um, so as you know, uh, as you know, obviously because you're my coach, <laughs> um, I am in the uh, Elevate course at the moment, but before that, I was lucky enough to be in the Level Up course. Um, throughout my life, I've had a very turmoilish, um, I would say, relationship with my mum and my dad. Um, and through the course and speaking to the women on the course um, who are both uh, who are parents um, and who are mothers, um, I have had the ability to sort of get healing and get therapy like quite literally and heal through my relationship with my mother and my relationship from, with my dad um their experiences their understanding their explanations and just seeing it from different perspectives has put me in a place where i've turned around and viewed things that i in a way that i never would have viewed things i stepped out of resentment anger pity all of that sort of stuff and looked at it from another viewpoint um and gone into a place of empathy had conversations i never never ever would have had because of the relationships i've built um and the relationships that i've had and the conversations that i've had with people that if i wasn't on courses like this i never would have met in my life i never would have conversed with i never would have you know even like just it's insane so those relationships have healed relationships that are so important to me and i just think yeah like just to answer your question yes they've been therapy they've been healing they've restored the most important relationships i've got my relationships with my mum and my dad i love that because i think that sometimes and especially a lot of the time the reason why we relationships fail is because not because people are actually doing things wrong but because of our expectation of that relationship our expectation of that person our expectation of the role they should play our expectation of how they should behave or conduct themselves our expectation of how they should show up or give or nurture us and what I love about what Daniela said is, yes, when she came in, her relationships with her parents were not cool, but she was able to then hear the flip side from strangers who are parents, who were like, right, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. And it gave you a different perspective. And now that you've got a different perspective, you're able to shift to like, wow, they're actually doing and have done the best with what they could have. I'm a big advocate for single parents. And when I say that, I hate, and I use the word hate, which is a strong word, 
when I see single parents on Mother's Day or Father's Day putting out, well, you know, my baby daddy ain't shit or my baby mother ain't shit, as if you didn't sleep with them, as if you didn't have a relationship with them, as if you didn't get into a situationship with them, as if you have no responsibility. And every year I go at people with this conversation, every year people challenge me and I'm here for it, I love it. And the reason why I say that is because I am a strong believer in everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. That's not just a quote that I say. That doesn't just drop when it feels easy to say it. That doesn't just slide out of my mouth because I read it somewhere. It is something that I try and aim. I don't even try because that's a whole lie. I don't like, I don't use that word. I aim to practice all of the time. How, what, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because sometimes some single parents want another parent to be present, right? In their children's lives that aren't even present for their self. So you want the baby daddy to show up, but the baby daddy has terrible financial habits, awful emotional habits, terrible behavior, not a great mindset, but just because their name is daddy and you slept with them, they need to be there for their child. But what's your child about to learn from them? What's your child about to become as a result of that? And vice versa, it could be the woman, it could be the mother, but yet, then we grow up as children that feel abandoned or left out or this or that. But have we ever sat with it and said, yo, what condition was my parent in when they had me? What conditions formed them? What choices and decisions did they have to make that could potentially have affected the way that they raised me? And when you're able to sit and flip the table and look at your relationships from that point of view, you start to see things very differently. You see that expectation, you don't no longer have it because you move to acceptance, you move to gratitude. Because there is a reason, I believe, that your soul called every relationship that you've ever experienced. Every relationship. I remember when I was in a relationship and it was difficult at a time and I was so grateful. When I tell you guys, I was so grateful because at one point I stopped and I said to myself, oh my God, this is who I would have become if I didn't experience this relationship. The guy had an amazing heart, like super incredible, amazing heart, but he was so scared of love, so scared of being hurt because he'd been hurt before that he just never really gave anything. But he would give you everything materialistically. He would give you everything you wanted, but I'm talking from the inside, you couldn't get in. You couldn't get past certain things. He didn't open up about anything. And I'm the type of person where I crave a relationship so deep, a connection so deep that the ocean would be jealous. And I, do you guys know how deep the ocean is? I'm that person. So I cannot be in a relationship with someone and you're willing to sit on the sand, bro. 
No, let's go out to the deep end. Let's lose our feet. Let's tread some water. Let's ride some waves. But you've got to be willing to have that depth within yourself. And because of his experiences of how he was raised and people didn't talk around him, he didn't know how to vocalize anything. You know, mum just accepted everything that dad done, whether it was healthy or not, because of the religious background of Christianity says, through marriage, you stand by them through thick and thin. And that was the principles that they lived by. They're not the principles that I live by. But when I broke it down, I could understand the person I was dating. I could understand the person I was in a relationship with. And for me, the mirror that it picked up was, yo, no, I'm not finna trust anybody. I mean, I'm gonna love you, but I'm, I'm not gonna trust you. And this was the conflict that I was having with myself. Oh, I'm gonna trust you enough not to be a fool to be with someone who's just out here doing the most. But really, am I gonna really open myself up and fully, nah, nope, I'm not. Why? Because I was scared of getting hurt. What was he doing? He was scared of getting hurt. So there's a level of guarding, there's a level of protection on both parts. And sometimes until you see it, you don't even realize that you're doing it. And so that relationship became therapy for me. It became a healing ground. It became a space where I had more awareness about my own thoughts, my own emotions, my own behaviors. And at some times it was reflected through turmoil. Yes, it was all his actions and he's so bad and he's whatever and he ain't shit. Yes, it was all of that <laughs> in real life. And I say that just to say that I know Daniela and I know that at certain points that would have been her perspective with her parents. She always says, what do you say, Daniela? You got to, you better come better than that. <laughs> And that's probably what she was thinking about her parents, but she didn't have the awareness. Go ahead. No, I was just laughing. I was thinking, yeah. And it's not even just my parents. It was a lot of relationships. We all, I feel like we all go into, you know, pity and we all go into areas of, and I still do that, you know. I think, why is this happening to me? Why are they doing this to me? Why? And then you sit with yourself and you're like, how have I introduced this into my life? Like, what what is this saying about me? Whereas it's like that me versus me, or, you know, what is this person saying about me? How is this, why is this showing up in my life? What have I done to introduce this in my life? And, you know, where can I, what can I do to change it? Um, is I think what I'm seeing a lot of at the moment with regards to my relationships and relationships that, you know, have, have gone um, or need to go um, but also I'm looking at the positive relationships that I've got in my life as well and you know appreciating them and looking at them in a, a way of gratitude and just thanking God and just sitting there and thinking do you know what I've lost a lot but at the same time I've gained so much from what I have left period and this is the thing, we were listening to an audio just this week and that's when, this is what Sarah said. Sarah Drake said, you do the most with your leftovers. Some of us are done. We've been in certain situations, we've been in certain circumstances, certain things have happened in our life and I kid you not, you're done. You're done. 
You don't want to be involved. It's finished. It's over. You just want out. But I'm just reminding you there's something in your leftovers that if you activate it, if you use it, if you tap into it, that's where the game changes. Many of the products from this speaking to me picking sticks to the courses I've created, they've been made out of my leftovers. I will never forget the day where I decided, yo, something's missing in my life. Something was missing. And a lot of the time when something is missing, although nothing is ever missing, but I felt mm, there's something I got to do. I wasn't dancing. I had stopped dancing for quite a few years because I chose to focus on other things. And the minute that I was like, oh my God, it's dance, it's dance. I got to bring back my classes. I brought back my dance classes and yeah, you know, seven people strolled in on the first week, maybe eight the next or whatever. You got to start from the beginning again, but it was cool because I was happy. I was dancing. I was doing my fitness again. And I was just like, you know what? I spoke about this yesterday when I said to you guys, I decided in 2019, the beginning of 2019, that we ain't quitting. We ain't quitting, we're staying focused, we're, we're working. A lot of you may have known the Tanya that would work from January till about July 3rd. And from July 3rd, she checks out until September because she jumps on a plane and she goes to Anguilla or wherever for all of summer, signs off, comes back in September, works till December. That was my life and it was a lit life to live and I loved it. But I recognize that every time I pulled my energy out of certain places, it's literally like going back to the beginning again. So I was like, right, consistency is going to be my portion. Discipline is going to be my portion. And we're going to go hard. And I just focused. And I opened up my dance classes. And after two or three weeks, as I walked back in from one of my classes, I literally got in and I pushed open my front door. My son was so excited to see me. He's like, mommy. So he runs and as he runs towards me, my phone drops out of my hand and completely smashes, like completely smashes. And as soon as the phone smashed, a voice said to me, you've been protected from something. And I was like, ah, but it was so clear. And I was like, okay, cool. There's mm, something that I'm going to know that I don't want to know, but you've got me. It was like a sign. I could just hear it. Anyways, <clears throat> I was expected to call my boyfriend back at the time. And I messaged my sister and I said, message him and let him know that my phone is broke. You know, men, like I ain't ignoring you. I ain't out, out. I'm, I'm here, but I ain't got a phone. So she did that for me. And then I remembered, oh, I've got an old phone. Like it's not gonna have nothing on it, but I could at least be able, people be able to contact me. So I put my chip into the old phone. As soon as I put my chip into the old phone, <coughs> it started pinging off. So WhatsApp already popped up. It was pinging, pinging, pinging. And I saw him calling me. And I was like, well, hey, my sister just messaged him saying man got no damn phone. What the hell was he calling me for? You see them trust issues, people? <clears throat> but anywho, I answered my phone. And I'm like, hey, what's good? How's your day going? Yada, 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 your normal conversation. And he sounded dead, like flat. And I was like, oh, why are you sounding like that for? Like, what is going on? Like, and he's like, nothing. I said, I thought you said you were going out. I was only calling you just to say, you know, be safe, whatever. You said you're about to touch road. Um, yeah, be cool. He's like, nah, I don't feel like it again. Don't ask me where it came from, but something slipped out of my mouth. And it just came out of nowhere and it said, you fucked somebody, 
excuse my French, and you're having a baby. And his reply was, yeah, something like that. And there you have it. That's how I found out that my boyfriend at the time had slept with somebody and was having a baby. I didn't have any signs before that. I didn't have any find any text messages. No, they were staying at my house every single day. They were around me every single day. There was like that. There wasn't them kind of signs. But anyways, that's how I found out. And it literally just came out of me. I say that to say that at that point, in that moment, I was like, whoa. There was something in that that I thought would have destroyed me to a certain point because apart from giving you a disease, I think having a child while you're with somebody, that stuff hurts. And I know that many of you in the room may have experienced that and you may have grown past it or you may have broken at that point. But for me, up until that point, if anybody said to me, like, what would break me in a relationship? It was that. It was legit that. And obviously, if they gave me like some disease. Um, but in the moment of experiencing it, the craziest thing is I was good. And I was weirdly good. Like I was super okay. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is the matter with me? Tanya, where are you? While out, while out. There was no whiling out. There was no crazy reaction. There was just like confirmation. And I don't know if it's because when the phone dropped, that moment prepared me for something. I don't know if it's because I was so in tune with my own spirit that even for me to say that and trust it and follow my intuition and just go ahead and say it, that I was okay. But there was a knowingness that held me together. There was something in that moment that I knew I was fully supported. And I say all of that to say that it was because at the time, because I had to keep showing up for dance, because I had stepped into doing that, that kept me going. That kept me, that gave me something to get out of my bed for. That gave me something to remember who I really was. That gave me something that allowed me to keep on healing while I was experiencing the pain that I was going through because it was painful. And I think that that's why sometimes we miss the signs. We miss how the universe is constantly giving us opportunities to grow. We miss how the universe is constantly giving us opportunities to heal. I had to sit with myself. And at that point I had to ask myself, what do I, what does a relationship mean to me? What does a relationship mean to me? Now we're grown people in this room, okay? So some of the relationships that we get in, let's be serious, we know what it is. We're in it for a need. And sometimes we get mad, we get mad. (laughs) We get mad when that need changes for one person and it doesn't change for the other person. And we try to make some relationships, some things that they're not. But when you're able to be honest with yourself, when you're able to digest and sit with your truth, that thing of some relationships being for a season, some being for a lifetime and some being for a reason, yo, we got to catch the reason. 
Make no mistake that some of my relationships, a lot of things happened in one relationship because it was a season of elevation. It was a season of maybe what some people might call make and break, make or break. But in order for me to get to that making of myself, I had to go through some things. I had to be willing to face some things. I had to be willing to rethink about what I even thought about a relationship, period. I had to look at my own thoughts, my own emotions, my own behaviors. And the thing is, when you're walking around within yourself with a, with a, with a guardedness, with a overprotection, with a lack of trust, it will come out in the relationships around you. In all of the years of coaching, one of the biggest things that I don't like, I spend a lot of time on is lies. Because we don't even understand how easy it is to tell us ourselves lies. The lies we tell ourselves are often, often reflected in the relationships around us. And some of those lies are, you're not good enough. Some of those lies are, you don't deserve more. Some of those lies are, you're ugly. Some of those lies are, you're not lovable. You're unworthy. And these are lies that you keep constantly telling yourself. And you've told yourself them for so long that you don't even know you're telling yourself it anymore. But you'll end up in a relationship where someone cheats. You'll end up in a relationship where someone lies, where someone betrays you. And you'll stay looking at the person like, why are you acting like this? Why are you being like this? I'm giving my all. I'm telling the truth. I'm fully present. Are you really? No, you're guarded. You're protecting yourself. You're lying to yourself. You know what the worst thing is that a lot of us do in relationships is we want more. And we know we deserve more. But because you've put in a certain amount of time and energy and effort, you're settling. And then when they're out there getting theirs, you're dead ass mad. When they're out there building their best life, you're mad as hell. Or when you see them playing small and you see they've got more in them, you're irritated. But when you really sit with yourself, are you doing the best with what you have? Are you really giving your all? Are you really choosing to build something? I don't know. I don't know if we are. And this is why we will experience the level of relationships that we will experience. I recognize that when I was with that person and I was running from every part of myself, because I'm a runner, even now when guys try to chat to me, I find a way to run. Run, Faris, run. I will run. I will dip into a certain degree. But when it comes to you really seeing parts of me, <laughs> peace out, A-Town, I'm out. Because there's a level of vulnerability that we've got to be willing to accept, that we've got to be willing to go to. And like I was saying yesterday, when you get to a certain place in your relationships, it's really a dance. It's a lead and a follow, a lead and a follow. And the, the energy shifts and changes and the balance shifts and changes. But that space in the middle of you both is the balance and the magic. 
But if we're not having this level of understanding with ourselves, how are we expecting to have it with people? Are you quick to judge? Or are you quick to understand? When we talk about love and we talk about living of values every day, that's what it is. Living our values every day. What are your values? And a lot of our relationships are just a reflection of the relationship with our parents to some degree and on some level. And when I say reflection, you could get the complete opposite, right? And that's where the healing is because you're experiencing the opposite of what you didn't have or what you had but didn't want or what you want but didn't have. And on the flip side of that, you'll be experiencing some relationships that are just a reflection of everything that you've experienced before, but you've just missed the lessons because they're therapy. They're a massive healing mechanism. They're a massive mirror. And sometimes we just don't go to the mirror often enough to see what it is that we're actually projecting, to see what it is that we're saying about ourselves. So it will show up in a relationship. Subconsciously, you're saying to yourself, I don't deserve more. And a relationship around you is reflecting that. Subconsciously, you're saying, I don't trust life. I don't trust life. Life is not working out for me. Life never works out for me. And a relationship around you is reflecting that. subconsciously or consciously you're saying people are this and people are that and the world is this and the world is that and guess what babes your relationships around you are showing you that so how do we get to our truth how do we get to having the relationships that actually really do heal us and allowing them to do that because I'm that friend, right? That's gonna tell you the truth. And it's my superpower. <laughs> but in being comfortable, in being that friend has been a journey. It has been a journey. When we were younger, my mum taught us to do this thing that I guess she did with her friends. And every so often, every couple of months, we would all get together. And you know, like when you're young, there's you, you lot are deep, there's a group of y'all. And we would all like sit around a table or everybody was chilling and we'd go around the table and we'd say like what we love about each other. And actually we didn't really use love then because that just was not us. What we liked about each other and what we didn't like or what we could improve on. People used to think we were crazy, but it was amazing because from very young, you could see what you think you are in comparison to what people say about you. Now, I'm not a person 
that believes anyone in this room or any of us should live our lives based on other people's opinions because honey they are not paying your bills okay and they are not living your life so their opinions realistically do not count okay i always say if you see me dressed in my clothes i like my shit tight and if the outfit don't fit guess what boo i'm not wearing it so that's what i say about opinions if that opinion does not fit me i'm not wearing it however on the flip side, it's a great mechanism to see yourself in ways that you might not see yourself. And what's amazing about it is more often than not, guess what guys, people say the same things about you. People are saying the same things about you, but are you willing to listen? Now, sometimes when it got to the part of what we don't like, it got heated, you know, people were like, yeah. But ultimately, we all left as friends. We were all grateful. We all had a better awareness of ourselves and how we're showing up. And as a result of that, I kind of had a relationship with myself from very young because I was more conscious and more aware of not just what I thought, but what people around me thought of me. And so it gave me almost like, a level playing field to be able to figure out like, you know what, is that an opinion that serves me? Or is that an attitude or behavior that I need to work on and develop and improve? Now, just that part alone, some of us don't give ourselves permission to do that. I always say we're too grown to be saying, this is who I am and this is how I am and this is how I'm going to stay. No, there's room for growth. There's room for improvement, but it has to be a choice. Some of your habits that have got you to here are not getting you to where you want to go. And that's the only reason why you're not moving is because you're not willing to change, dissect, understand, be aware of those habits, be aware of those thought forms, understand those emotions. Some people's emotions govern their whole life that everything they see is foggy because their emotions control everything. So when you're able to sit with yourself and dissect and ask and have this thing of like your views and your opinions of the world and what people think of you and add all of this stuff up and sit with it and look at it and be like, wow, is on paper, is this who I wanna become? Because it's like when we have a, a CV, the CV only sells the best parts of us only sells the good stuff about us. And when we go into relationships, that's what we walk in with. We walk in with the good parts. I was listening to an audio last week and Miles Monroe and he said, when you're getting into a relationship, speak to the people around the person that you wanna get with. Now, a lot of people, if y'all come from where I come from, mm -mm, we don't do that, no because it ain't nobody's business who we're feeling to be involved with. But I love what he said about it. He said, because the person that you are seeing is only putting their best bits on display. And after a while, you've gonna get, you're gonna have to get to know the rest of them. So why not figure out who he is from the mirrors around him or her? Why are we challenged or scared to do that? But what happens if we do when we have a wider picture of the person? Now we have more perspective. Now we can make a better view. 
Because the truth of the matter is, whether we're doing what we did as a friendship group, like sat there and actually said, I like this, I don't like that, you can improve on this, that works well. Guess what, guys? We're doing it anyways. We're doing that about our partners. We're doing that about our children. We're doing that about our parents, our work colleagues, our boss, or whatever. We are naturally having that conversation within ourselves. What happens when we start to have that as a conscious conversation? What happens when we start to have that out loud? What happens when we're courageous enough to say, you know what, in order for this relationship to work better, I'm gonna need this from you, or I feel like this can work. And they can say, you know what, I hear you out, I can deal with that, but that part, that's not me. And so when I say that I'm that friend that speaks the truth, when we did that circle thing, a lot of the time, my feedback was this, you say things that don't need to be said. <laughs> and there was a stage in my teenage life where I listened to that. So I stopped speaking. And I kid you not, when I stopped speaking, I physically lost my voice. My voice used to be so hoarse when I spoke. It was like this. But this was my full of voice. And it used to hurt me to speak. It genuinely used to hurt. I would go into a rave. I'd walk out, no voice. I go somewhere, a theater, I clap and laugh, walk out, no voice. My throat chakra was telling me, speak your goddamn truth. But I wouldn't speak my truth because I listened to people around me that said, you know, you say things that just don't need to be said. When technically what they were saying is, you say everything that we're all thinking, but you're brave enough to say it. And thank God that I got older and I started to understand psychology and counseling and all those other good stuff. And I started to be more aware of who I was and I started to activate and act upon my calling and my purpose. And I started telling people the truth because that's why I can coach to the level that I can. And there's many of you in the room that have been my clients or been in my rooms and any one of them can come to the stage and testify I don't need to have a physical conversation with you. I don't need to see you to know what's going on. I sense it. And because of that level of being with myself, because of that level of recognizing people are therapy. I've never sat in a therapist session in my life because I'm willing to look at people and see myself and when I see myself, especially if I do not like it, I go to work. I'm like, it's cleanup time. Yo, Tanya, that attitude is not going to cut it because that's what it's feeling to look like. Nope, that temper's not going to cut it. That own wayishness is not going to cut it. That potty mouth, no, Tanya, that's not going to cut it. In the same way that I look at people who are in positions or places or conduct themselves in a manner that I adore, that I absolutely love. I have compassion and kindness in myself to be like, you know what? I might not be there yet, but it's available to me because I can see it. I might not have that understanding yet, but I can recognize it. There were certain things about life that I didn't understand until I became a parent. Just as much as there was other things about life that I didn't understand until I was in a relationship. 
because it looks different on the outside. But until you've got to walk in them shoes, until you've got to breathe it, live it, think it, it's different. And that's why when I looked at the football this weekend and I wrote my post to say that these young kings are standing in positions that none of us would ever fulfill, feeling pressure that none of us would ever understand. Where's our compassion? But I took that as a moment to heal. I took that as a moment to allow myself to have a certain level of therapy, building my awareness of my thoughts, my emotions and my behaviors. And a lot of the things that we see now around us is because people are not willing to have therapy. My therapist have been people. My therapist have been my relationships. My therapist have been my teachers, my parents, my friends, yo, my biggest therapist are my children. Nothing makes me more aware of my thoughts, my emotions and my behaviors. And then it allows me to sit in a position to say to myself, where do I improve? What is this relationship revealing to me? What is this relationship saying to me? How is this relationship healing me, even if it's uncomfortable? Because we've always got choice. And when you start to look at your relationships as therapy, it's so easy to identify the ones that are hindering your growth the ones that are draining you, the ones that, you know, when we say that person doesn't deserve you, but on a bigger level, the ones that really don't deserve you. And sometimes in your friends, in your intimate relationships, you will see the most annoying parts of yourself. You will have that friend that doubts everything that you're about to do. You will have that friend that's overprotective. You need to rest. You need to sleep. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to, you need to, you need to. And you're just trying to fly. But that friend is in your ear. And I just want you to understand that that's your therapy. That's the part of you that's doubting you. That's the part of you that wants to cling onto the parts of you that are not allowing you to fly. It's got nothing to do with them, but it's more about you. And I'm telling you, when you start to recognize these little things and you start to get the scissors and cut off your dead ends, and I'm not just talking about your hair, but I'm talking about your fears. I'm talking about your doubts. I'm talking about your belief systems. I'm talking about your thoughts. You see your relationships, they change. They have to. And I've been in relationships before where I was so insecure. Oh my God, so insecure that one minute we're good, the next minute we're not. And you just think, oh, what this? And when I sat with myself and I started to recognize, whoa, my girl, you're insecure right now. All of your fears are coming up in your mind, in your body. That's why the relationship was moving like that. So guess what? I didn't have a conversation with them. I G-checked myself. I'm like, okay, what are you thinking? What are you making things mean? And guess what? 
I changed. And guess what? The relationship changed. I built up my confidence. I started saying to myself, not because that doesn't mean that. No, I realized that in my present relationship, I was stuck in my past so bad. I had so much of my past hurt, my past expectations, my past what I think it should be. Oh shit, I've given some effort. What if this fails? All of that stuff. And the minute that I addressed it and I was fully present to the relationship that I was in, it was more of a mirror of who I really am. Not what I was afraid of. Just to refresh the room, we're in here speaking all things therapy and relationships. And I'm planting the idea in you guys' mind that maybe, just maybe, relationships are therapy. And I've asked everybody in the audience, have you experienced a relationship that you can say like, yes, that has been therapy to me. When we think about therapy, we often think about talking to somebody about our problems, but that's not what therapy is. Therapy is building awareness of your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Yes, it may involve you speaking to somebody about your problems and getting support and help. It might give you psychological education. It will help you and support you to make changes to your thoughts and behaviors. And it will teach you how to learn. Sorry, it will teach you how to like cope and you will learn mechanisms to allow yourself to thrive. I don't believe in teaching people how to cope because I don't think that we need to cope. I feel like we're here to thrive. Coping is when we're coasting. And I think that in some of our relationships, that's what we do. We cope, we settle, we just accept it for what it is as if we don't have something to bring to the table. I say to people, I'm not scared to eat at no table. You wanna know why? Because I know what I bring. I'm gonna come to the table with some and pull up 10 seats so that my tribe can come too. Cause I know what we bring to the table. So you're gonna have to make some room. You're gonna have to make some room for us. And you're gonna wanna make some room for us. Cause we're gonna come in heavy. You see, when you start to see yourself differently, everything around you, your relationships, everything reflects that. even your relationship with something like money. There's enough money for everybody, but are people willing to look at their relationship with money? I always say to people, when I started to do like property investment and learning about financial freedom and all of that, one of the first ideas that they planted was that you invest 10%. So you take 10% of any money paid to you. And at that time, I was like, sorry, what? I cannot take 10% of my, my, my wages. No, I can't take 10% of any money that's been given to me. No, I don't have enough, what? And the guys were like, that's the whole point. First of all, the point is that you learn to invest in yourself. You go out into the world, you work, you earn that money. And before you give that money to yourself, you're giving it to make sure your bills are paid. This is paid, that is paid. Children are taken care of, yada, yada, yada. And you've just not given anything to you. So we teach us to disrespect us. We teach us that we get, but give, 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 give before we get hold on to anything for ourselves, before we value anything for ourselves. And once you start to do that, one of the first principles that you'll learn is that actually you can live on less. 
than you thought you needed to. And no, you're not coping. You're actually living on less than what you thought you needed. And then the next principle that you start to learn is, yo, money's working for you. You're not working for money. Money is working for you. And this is the same principles that we can have with any relationship. I often say to people as well, that when we speak about relationships with money, there's three types of relationships with money. Getting money, keeping money, growing money. And I apply this formula to my relationships. Are we able to network? Are we able to just have healthy relationships around us, period? Or are you in relationships out of need? So when the need goes, the relationship fails. Or are you naturally nurturing, feeding, vibing, connecting, flowing? And once we, if we can need, if we can get relationships, can we keep them? Can you grow individually, right? Without growing apart? Can you? Because one of the craziest things that I, I often observe, especially through coaching is people come into my rooms, they grow. And oh my gosh, the amount of homes that I feel like I'm wrecking. <laughs> Cause now they've outgrown their partner. And they're like, I've got to go because he don't serve me. As a matter of fact, he never served me. And I'm like, the grass is not greener on the other side. Can we grow individually without growing apart? Your children are going to grow if they're not already grown. Do you still have a relationship? And then lastly, investing. Yo, this is where you double up. This is where you get to stack in. It's not saving. If any of you have got money in a savings account, in a bank right now, that is a stupid decision. I'm just telling y'all. Find somewhere to invest that money so it doubles, so it triples, so it quadruples. Let's stop leaving energy in places. Money is an energy. Why is what, go and check your interest rates. Go and check your interest rates on that money that you've got there. Figure it out, get with some friends, put that money together, buy a property. After that property, buy another property. After that property, buy another property. Why are we not having these conversations in our relationships? If property is too big, do a clothing line. If you can't do it yourself, there's loads of us out here that have got stuff. Say, yo, I'm going to invest 10%. I want 10% back. Yo, I will make you some money. Can you invest? And it's the same when we're talking about relationships. You can talk about that element in terms of love. I saw a thread today and it was beautiful. A woman started her business. And when she started her business, she did everything by the rules. She, she ran the ads, she got the, the sponsorship, you know, she was um, posting daily. She was doing everything by the book. And she said, my business was not growing. My business was not flourishing. She said, I did everything. She went and got the right support, you know, but it just wasn't moving. 
She said, do you know when my business started to bloom is when I gave away what I had. I started going into other people's rooms and giving them my gifts. I started getting behind other businesses and giving them my money. I started to go out and just randomly give for free. The minute that I started giving, I was blessed. My business started to grow uncontrollably, but we don't understand investing. We don't even understand it in a relationship because even when we hear people speak, it's like, my partner couldn't give me this and my partner couldn't give me that and my partner couldn't do this. Yo, what are you bringing to the table? None of us are an expert at this thing, but we can improve and we can get better and we can apply different things in different seasons that can help us to have fruitful relationships. Before I even coached women, I used to have this thing and I might release it. It's a book called The Game <laughs> that I was writing and living out loud because I was that friend where if you was dating my friend, I was messaging you. <laughs> it was not them, it was me. <laughs> because I kind of just recognized that people wanna be loved. People wanna feel appreciated. People actually wanna feel needed. And when you start to speak into the parts of people that are broken, when you start to vibe with the parts of people that they didn't even know they had, your relationships change, your relationships shift. And the more that you give is the more that they'll give in return. And I feel like we have to start to recognize that. We have to start to see the therapy in relationships and allow ourselves to heal allow ourselves to be, allow ourselves to experience the magic that is. Anybody got any questions, any thoughts, any ideas, anything to share with the room, please come up, don't be shy. Um, Miss Tina, mother, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Um, what I wanted to ask, the room says, are oh, relationships therapy? So mm -hmm. me answering that, I would say 100% definitely. Unlike you, I have actually had therapy. So I've had therapy sessions for different things. Um, but you're right. I think that relationships themselves are therapy without even that external therapy. But what I wanted to do, um, Tanya, I wanted to thank some people that have joined the room today as newbies. Um, Tanya would put out a call and said to us invite people into the space so I put out the call and I can see that at least three of the newbies are in the room and I just want to welcome them for joining us for your first time in this clubhouse room now when this started months ago because I'm kind of new to this whole clubhouse and social media stuff this is a new world for me I'm from the old school ring up people speak to them have conversations so this is a new way of communicating and building relationships, which I'm really enjoying. Um, when Tanya started to shake the room, one of the concepts was that, you know, people want to come to the table and they just want to take, like they want to eat off the table, but what are you bringing to the table? So for that, I would say that the relationship that I have in the community, as I said this morning, when I done my clubhouse room was that, I really want the kind of community that I want to live in. So I can't just sit on the sidelines and expect that. I, I want to be in the game. So I'm on the pitch for creating the community that I want. 
And I said that for my children years ago, and Tanya's one of my children that I'm so proud to be able to say that. So she's not just calling me mama like the rest of the room will call me mama, but I'm actually, I actually gave birth to her. So I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud to see where she's taking, you know, the, some of the stuff that I gave her, some of the food that I was blessed to give her, and she's just taking it on another level. The other thing is that, yeah, the community of life itself is transforming. So it means that we got to get stay in the game, as Tanya said, and the game changes, the game transforms, and we've got to be a part of that. So I just love what these rooms can bring. I love that through this lockdown and this whole thing happening, the good thing that's come out of it is that we can all be in the comfort of our house at the moment, but communicating virtually in a space. And that communication, yes, it builds a relationship. Yes, that can be therapeutic. Yes, you could be going through something and just by hearing someone share their truth, it could actually make a difference to you. So I just wanted to come up and say thank you to those that have responded to the call. Thank you for those that are committing and coming on a regular basis and just really how much feedback we get, how much feedback you give us as to how much it's helping you. Some of you are shy to come up on the stage and, and speak. But Tanya will give you the details as to how you can email us, as to how you can get into contact with us. Because really and truthfully, we want to be active in our community and we want to be helping people to relate to the stuff that's going on and not to feel so isolated and alone. So, yeah. I love that and thank you for responding to the call. What I love today is if you're new to the room, you can see a lot of us have got this um, DP picture and it just shows that you're a part of the community for Shake the Room. We have a vision and a part of my vision is to touch a hundred thousand people and really give them strategy to change um, their life, allow them to live their best life. I believe that every single thing that we want, we can have. And I believe that all of the answers are inside of us, but we've just got to be willing to tap in. So I'm on a mission that by December 25th, 2021 we have a hundred people signed in locked in and on the journey of elevate which is a space where we build as a community but it's a it's an accountability space so it is where you are have access to the 5am club you're a part of a book club you have monthly masterclasses, and you have an accountability partner and so every day you're getting um cheat sheets on how to use strategy to navigate through life. You're getting information that will open your mind. And we're like 10% of the way there. We've got a long way to go to get people in the room, but it's a journey for you choosing to invest in you. And it's open to everybody. Um, it's open to women, men, everybody. And within that space, it's a beautiful place to build relationships. And it's a beautiful place to learn more about yourself. And so many of the people who are changing their DPs are a part of that space. And they're also just a part of literally coming in to shake the room. I'm not the only person who does rooms and shake the room. Um, you've got Tina and she speaks about the power of words along with Dixie. You've got Cece who speaks about um, parenting and, and children and those kind of methods. And you've got Bev who speaks about birthing and all things midwife and and all different stuff and we are inviting anybody that wants to host a room under the shape the room 
brand, you can come up and do your thing and tag me into your rooms. One thing, the reason why I, it was laid in my spirit to create this space called Shape the Room is because I believe we need to get unapologetic about taking up space. And in order for us to take up space, we need education. And just through conversation, we are educating each other. We are educating ourselves. We are building relationships. And, it, and I also record my rooms and you can catch all of the old ones on Spotify. And there's just so many different topics on, you know, you might be stepping into your dreams. You might be, um, I don't know, going through a healing process. You might just need something to uplift your spirit. There's so much different things on my podcast that when you're driving your car, you can listen to things that uplift you, that empower you, that help you. I stopped listening to music in my car for a very long time because I needed to feed my spirit. I needed to feed my mind. Education shouldn't stop when we leave school and when we start to apply what we've been taught. Now we start to change the game. And so Elevate is a space that is supporting you in, in changing your game of life, um, allowing you to stay on the chessboard and keep playing. So thank you. And yeah, if you want your DP to change like ours, you can contact me and you can be a part of the community that way. Or any other details, you can email us at shaketheroom underscore ch at mail.com. So if you happen to be in any of the rooms and you have any questions and you was too shy, you can email us. If you just want to email us because this conversation triggered something in you, that's absolutely amazing too. Maybe you was in the room last week and since then something has inspired you. So you've taken some action. We're here for all of that. So please keep in contact. And obviously you can always pop into any of our personal DMs, which are in our bio. Dixie and what's good, Queen? Hey, grand evening. Grand evening. Um, I just wanted to answer your question before I have to shoot because we're going out for Desley's birthday dinner. Um but I wanted to answer your question about um, a relationship where it feels therapeutic. I'm actually going through one right now. And that's with my accountability partner, which happens to be your mum, but my mama in a different way. Um, because in the few weeks that she's actually been uh, my accountability partner, so much has revealed itself, but so much has also released itself. Um, I've had so many realizations, questions that I've probably been asking myself for a really long time that have now been answered just through conversation. Um, and it's, it's her power of words that has actually helped me and assisted me. And sometimes I feel like I am in a therapy session, even though I'm not laying down on a couch on a cushion with my eyes closed. Um, <laughs> she tends to do that. <laughs> but honestly, I'm currently going through it. And the things that have come to me, the things that I've been able to release, the questions that I've been able to answer, those are now is what's helping me step out into being the greatest version of me. And she's really, oh girl, she's really, you know when you see those films where they put their hand in the body and they're trying to pull <laughs> it out? That's what it's currently like. Love that. And I know she feels sometimes she's battling and yes, it's my control control freakness that I'm a bit like, oh, can I really? But she's allowing me to go through that process of actually, Dixie, you're more than what you see yourself as. 
and I just love the fact that she's on this journey with so I'm currently going through that now and I just wanted to say that before I have to go and eat food I love that sorry Dixie before you go and just so that everybody in the room knows I specialise in sex therapy so um Dixie lol Guys, she's a sex therapist, apparently. That's another conversation for another day. I'll leave her do her own room on that, okay? But Dixie, I love that because that is why when it came to the the ethos of elevation, although I specialize in group coaching, I wanted this to have a different element of accountability because it's very easy to log on, have one-to-one conversations, come to your masterclasses. Yep, I'm doing the work, I'm living the work. My life is lit, whoop, whoop. I've changed, I've transformed. Yep, yep, all that good stuff. And technically not be aware of all of the shit that is still within us. And so I was just having this conversation before I came on here that shit is a great fertilizer. It is actually a dope fertilizer to grow flowers, but you've got to be willing to find the purpose in the shit. And sometimes the accountability partner can see through all of that. And also sometimes you're paired with an accountability partner that is your complete opposite. Just like in a relationship, you will date somebody that is your opposite and it works, right? But then there's other elements that do not work because you're so opposite and you're not you're just not finding that balance. But when you actually allow yourself to come to that place of balance, when you allow yourself to look at that relationship and be like, yo, you know what? They've got a bit of something that I can actually use. They do something that I don't use. Let me try and apply some of that to me and see how it works out. Now we're in a therapy session. Now we're growing. Now we're healing. Now we're checking our behaviors, our thoughts, and we're having more awareness. But again, it's a conversation that you've got to be willing to have with you and then build your strategy. You know, one of my favorite quotes lately is success is not a secret, it's a system. And so when it comes to relationships, what's the system that's in place to help you succeed? Is there even one? Just to quickly refresh the room, we are here talking about relationships and we're asking the question, are relationships therapy? And more than asking it, I'm kind of giving you a plug that they are. (laughs) So I pray that you take the invitation. Miss Sandra, welcome to the stage, Queen. Good evening, how are you? Good evening, I'm really well. How's everyone else? We good, we good. Quite a few things resonated with me while you were speaking. First of all, about your boyfriend having another baby with someone else, which did happen to me. But I was more upset about people knowing and everyone else knowing and, you know, knew all this was going on in South, rather than being upset that he had gone and got someone else pregnant at the same time as me. Because it was quite hard to be having, you know, a baby that was three weeks after mine. But then having... Having the baby has helped me, as you say, in the relationship to heal and therapy because I always felt I wasn't a good enough mum with Kirsty. And she knows that. I know she's listening. So it felt like having this second chance to be, you know, put things right that I felt that was wrong. And all the time, none of it was wrong. Both kids are brilliant. Both kids are fine. 
um, and it was me. I was the problem. I was the one that was seeing everything wrong. And it wasn't until I got cancer that I realised I didn't like myself, I didn't love myself, I didn't think I was anything. So then I started to have a relationship with me. And the last eight years, I have had a relationship with me where I've gone into, looked into everything I didn't like, excelled at things that I have liked, to the point that in two weeks' time, I will be cancer-free for eight years. I absolutely love myself. I absolutely love my family, my community, and I am happy with me. I love that. Yes. And I love that you said that because that is just the truth. A part of me, although I was good within myself when I found out that information, I was like, oh my God. So I'm clearly the last one to know. I'm legit the last one to know. And I quickly had to shift from worrying about other people's opinions because I felt like this was only a couple of years ago. I was already on certain stages. I was already talking certain things, you know, I already had a certain level of awareness. How the hell did that happen to me? But it had to happen to me because I needed to heal through some things. You see what I mean? I, I needed to accept some things. I needed to understand myself in a different facet. Um, and so, yeah, I'm grateful. And I'm also grateful that for you, you recognize that, yeah, it was nothing outside of you that was wrong. It was you, your perception, your view, your thoughts, your behaviors, your attitude. I love that. And I think that the more that we give ourselves permission to get to that space is the more that we allow ourselves to heal. And in, by us healing, we allow ourselves to grow and we allow ourselves to be more open in the long run. But we've got to be willing to get to that place. Absolutely love that. Thank you guys for coming up. Daniela, do you have anything to say? Anybody in the audience, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Anything? Oh, no. Yes, ma'am. I, I have a request. Um, we've been spoiled on the Wednesday that generally we have a gentleman, a male that comes to the stage. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I know for us women, it's been really interesting to hear a man's perspective on stuff. And sometimes, like you said, unless we're a woman that has male friends, sometimes we just have this thing because of the people that we've interacted with in an intimate relationship. We have a opinion that men don't think like us, they don't feel like us, they don't, you know, and it would just be interesting to hear a man, um, if, if any of the men in the audience would like to come and have a conversation with Tanya around some of the things that she has spoken about. Because Tanya, you spoke about a whole lot. So, you know, there was every area you spoke about us shaping our relationships from relationships with parents. You spoke about our relationship with everything, like finances, our relationship with community, our relationship with other women or other men. You know, so it would just be great if you know, any of the men in the audience not putting any pressure on anybody. Is there any men that are willing to come up on a Wednesday and give us anything that you've got or you agreed or you disagreed? If you're new and you just don't know how to come up, there's a hand symbol and you need to just click on it and then it will invite you to the stage. Those of us, when you do come up on the stage, if somebody is saying something that you like, you flash your mic, that shows people that whoop, whoop, you're agreeing with what they're saying. These are just the clubhouse rooms. And anybody who's got like a party hat, they're new to clubhouse. So we shall give them a big mic flap, 
Splash for Morgan, Sharon and Gary. Yeah, we just thought we'd welcome you to Clubhouse. No men want to come up today. Um, Nathan, Gary, Claude, Mr. Morgan. Any of y'all want to come up? Have anything to say? The women love to hear from the men. It's like it makes it more valuable, it makes it more valid. They like to, they have an illusion, I believe, that we're so different. And I don't think that we are. I think that we're very the same, but we just lack understanding of how we are the same. Hence, what causes conflict and contrast. Okay, nobody wants to come up and nobody wants to talk to me. Well, <laughs> suits you, sir. 